Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I'd like to talk to you about something. Draft. Draft Draft.com. Draft in your app store. Great way to play daily fantasy sports. They started out with snake-style drafts, just the way you like them. They moved on to auction drafts, best ball drafts. The best ball drafts are crushing it. If you're ready for the NFL season, go check out Draft and their best ball platform. And if you're new to Draft, use promo code SDSports, SD as in dog sports, for a free $3 entry into any tournament of your choice. Go to Draft.com. Draft in your app store. Promo code SDSports. Also, if you give a rating and review on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. It would help the podcast out quite a bit. Just take a couple minutes out of your day. But for now, welcome to Bench with Bubba, episode 202, with Jeff Erickson of rotowire.com, talking some fantasy baseball. back everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 202 gonna talk some more fantasy baseball tonight some recent injuries some kind of hot players or players of interest in order to do so joined by a special guest you can find his work over at rotowire.com and all over the fantasy world on twitter at jeff underscore erickson jeff how are we doing tonight doing all right um Trying to avoid some of the uh, landmines that have hit me lately. Uh, yesterday was a particularly tough day. Uh, I, I in the uh, NFBC uh, Rotowire Online Championship, I had a team that uh, you know it's doing pretty well. But I, I'm trying to chase saves a little bit. I was debating between Archie Bradley and Seth Lugo. Oh, no. I chose poorly. Oh no, I already know the answer to that one. Then, but uh, that's the world we live in. Like you said, you're trying to avoid the landmines. Uh, look at like Walker Bueller got hit around today by the Marlins. Um, just all kinds of, of nastiness can happen around baseball. But it's been fun watching the battle take place in TGFBI between myself, you, Colin, and a few others since first place was already taken by Mr. Kenneth Lee. We're going to battle for second the rest of the way. So that's been a fun back and forth this season. Yeah, second seems to be out of, out of reach for me lately too. Uh, I, I'm sliding hard in that one. That that also had Cole Hamels going. I lost four, uh, Cole Hamels going for me yesterday, so I lost four points in that league too. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of roller coasters back and forth because I'm almost out of fab. I know Colin's been kind of he talked with me a lot about it, been picking it apart. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But long ways to go still, as you know. So we'll see what yep. happens. Uh, let's talk about some news and notes real quick. Uh, one that dropped about a couple hours ago: Robbie Ray of the Arizona Diamondbacks goes on a 10-day IL with lower back spasms. And as we know, you're in the LA area with Kershaw and others, the back spasms, the back injuries can be a big issue. They called up John Duplantier. Any, uh, how big is your concern about Robbie Ray and any interest in John Duplantier? Um, I, Robbie Ray, it's, it, it, there's some, some concern just generally as a human being, but I don't have him anywhere this year. So uh, I, I guess it's one bullet I dodged, but you know, it's interesting to me. He didn't get traded at the deadline, despite being subject to a lot of rumors. Uh, instead, the diamondbacks went big. They traded Zach Granke. I mean, they're, 
their financial flexibility is super strong going forward, and they're not even uncompetitive, which is kind of interesting. Like they, they should have won yesterday, despite Ray getting hurt. Uh, you know, Bradley walk, you know, gave up the walk off uh, to get it to t- take on a loss, probably a loss from the jaws of victory. But at the same time, you know, you know, they, they still may have to make that hard decision this off season on him. So we'll see how that one plays out a little bit, but um, I like what he's done this year. I think he's been quietly pretty good. And, you know, Duplantier is definitely going to be a little bit of a riskier uh, option there as far as that goes. Yeah, no doubt about it. The the pedigree, prospect pedigree was pretty high for Duplantier, but we haven't seen it in the big show just yet. So it'll be curious to see what he does down the stretch here. It seemed like they were afraid to give him the full-time role. They kind of kept him in the long relief in the bullpen, sent him back to AAA. Maybe this is the time for him to shine in September against maybe some weaker lineups like the Giants and uh, go from there. But right. let's talk Let's talk about another NL West team in the San Diego Padres. Fernando Tatis Jr., who is he's trying to get that NL rookie of the year, and he might have it, but we'll see with Pete Alonso and company there as well. He goes on the IL with back spasms as well. You're not going to drop him or anything. But what I wanted to kind of open up is, you know, Luis Urias is playing second base. They're going to have some other guys moving around the infield. A, are you really concerned about Tatis? And B, Luis Urias, he's finally playing consistently, and, he, and in the last eight games, he's hitting like 375. What's your level of excitement for a guy like Urias? I, you know, I have a little bit of him in key keeper leagues for me. I actually trade him in one keeper league, but have him in two others. So still pretty bullish on him. I, the, the, the Padres should use every day available to play him, and I'm glad to see him finally heating up a little bit there. Uh, so... And yeah, I, I think he's going to be able to hit for a little bit of power, and he needs to be able to do that to justify all the hype on him a little bit. Uh, Tatis, we were talking about him on uh, – I did the Rotowire pod with Alex Chamberlain, and we were talking about how you know, we, we probably have underestimated him every single step of the way, much like the White Sox did when they traded him away for James Shields. Uh, I think he's going to be – the rookie of the year, although Pete Alonso just homered as we were as we were speaking, actually a big splash shot. It was yeah impressive. again. So I went to Atlanta earlier this year with Scott Jenstad. Uh, we had he won the lottery to buy tickets to the Masters for the practice round. It wasn't for one of the actual rounds, but any, we went any to round that. that Augusta is a great round. Yeah, it was crazy awesome. Um, and then the next day we went to uh, the new ballpark in Atlanta, and Alonso hit one of those splash hits, and I didn't even realize they had water in that park. I had no idea until Alonzo hit that missile. I think he likes hitting there. He might just like it, yeah. He might be onto something there. Yeah. Uh, Tatis brings an extra edge defensively, obviously. I mean, he, he he's a huge edge there, just in the positions he plays and how well he plays it. Uh, at the same token, you know, I, I don't know. It's To me, it's, uh, you, know, you know, we'll see how long he's out. This is a second IL trip for him. Alonzo's been healthy all year. The Mets are in a better position right now for a potential playoff berth. I think the Padres are better situated for the future. But for right now, you know, Alonzo is the re- one of the main reasons why they are where they are. Yeah, it'll be interesting with Alonzo. You just hit that one tonight, like you mentioned. He's he's on pace for hitting over 50 home runs right now, which at the beginning of the season, if you would have told me Pete Alonzo would hit 50 home runs, I would have called you crazy. But um, it's just going to be a, a long list of these young studs. And just overall, the home run production we saw this year, come you know draft season, we start really taking deep debates. Uh, I know recently your, your podcast and many others have started doing the Acuna-Trout debate, which I think is a fascinating debate. But there's going to be so many that are going to be really – even Tatis, there's rumors of 
maybe, you know, a second round or late first round because of his stolen base potential. I've heard people talk about it'll be fun come draft season with all these new, young, talented ball players out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and that, to me, uh, that that's going to be one of the uh, more interesting uh, situations uh, all, all season long. Uh, but, yeah, and the thing is, we're just so many good young players, both leagues yeah. this year. I'm in a strat league where, you know, every year we look forward to that first round. Oh, all this talent that we couldn't get, you know, because it's backwards looking. So you look forward to that draft every March or January, as I think is the case maybe in our league. Uh, and you can't wait to get a taste of that, that all that talent. Yeah, that'll be that'll be real interesting in that format to see where that goes for you in January. Getting all the already the stats, you know, you're going to be accumulating. So that'll be a, a lot of fun there. But, yeah, it'll be fun. I think when um, Justin Mason does his two early mocks coming up, that'll be really fun. He's going to start those in October, and um, we'll get a good feel of uh, how that's going to roll for next season. Uh, Real quick, the news came out very good. Is Garrett Cole, he missed his last start. He was getting loose, hamstring tightened up a bit. Reports through the Athletic today from uh, A.J. Hinch, not serious. He should be uh, back Monday, which means he'll be two-stepping it next week. I'm feeling good about this. Are you good with Garrett Cole going forward now? Yeah, I am. I am. I mean, I think you have to take the chance. The upside is just so high. Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, Jamison Tyon, sad news came down. He had to have <sighs> Tommy John surgery. I was kind of thinking when he first got hurt, what, why don't they just you know do whatever right away? They tried to rehab it. It didn't work. Um, not good as a guy people were really high on coming into the year. Not going to get him back to at least 21. But um, on the other flip side of that, if there's any bright side, probably not really. But if there is one, Mitch Keller is, should have a regular spot in the rotation now. He started out the year rough in his first three major starts, went back to the minors, was phenomenal. He fixed something down there, came back up in Anaheim the other night, pitched well for five innings. Not great, but pitched well. Um, Keller was once a highly touted prospect. Are you trying to – are you buying in? Are you curious to own a couple pieces of him for the rest of the way? He showed some signs this year, finally, uh, of taking that next step. He, you know, he, he kind of struggled in AAA. And then, of course, his first couple of starts with the Pirates, uh, he got off to bad starts and then stabilized within the game a couple of times. Uh, I, I think that I, I am on him a little bit, but I you know, they, kind of distrust the Pirates. They're, they're kind yes. of quietly Mets-like. It's scary what the Pirates are doing. It's like... You see Cole develop something special. Archer goes and just gets ruined there. It's just a bad place. And it wasn't too long ago, Jeff. You know, we, we talked about Liriano goes there and gets better, and his other guys are getting better. Now it's almost flipped around. So I don't know what's going on there. That's a whole other podcast. You know, Saris has done great work on all the different teams and how they use and don't use technology and the analytics. And it's baffling right. how any team would not use them these days. I just don't get it. But uh, yeah. Did you see Mickey, Mickey Calloway's quote this afternoon? No, what did he say? He said that uh, you know we we look at what the analytics do, and then we do the opposite, like eighty five percent of the time, or oh go goodness. against what the analytics say. You know, I, I would like to say what analytic was he using to estimate the eighty five percent? Something tells me that's not right. No, it's a good thing he didn't have to use two percentages because it probably wouldn't have equal to hundred. But um, no, no, and Mickey, and then the Phillies came out with something recently this morning because they uh, brought Charlie Manuel back, and they mentioned all the runs they scored last night. And this, they, they said, we don't care about launch angle and exit velocity. We want to hit the ball on the ground and make the defense make plays. So that was fun, too. Yeah. I just, I just don't get it with these teams. But speaking of the Phillies, Jake Arrieta might finally be done for the season, which is fine because he hasn't been great by any means. Zach Eflin might get another shot in the rotation. People were excited for him to start the year. It's been ugly. He got the motor to the bullpen. How deep of a league do you have to be in 
to be interested in Zach Eflin going forward. So I'm not excited about it, but it, it's I've got, I'm in a draft champions league where I have to use them. Yeah. And okay, fine. Uh, I'll use them. Uh, but it, it, it's gotten desperate times for desperate measures there. I'm also really, really kind of eagerly waiting whenever Max Scherzer returns. I got him in that same league. And you, we talked about uh, Garrett Cole earlier in the day-to-day thing and taking a chance on him. But I'll tell you what, Max Scherzer has really been a real, you know, burr in our saddle here uh, since the All-Star break. Playing the, day to, you know, the day-to-day game, the week-to-week game, it's been really tough. Uh, and sometimes you just get in leagues where you just run out of guys. And that's, that's what's happened in this Eflin league. No, that makes, that's a very good point. Cause with guys like Cole, with guys like Scherzer, you almost have to use them. And then after a while, you just get so burned by it. At least this week for Scherzer, it seemed like he was just going to bullpen it and see where it went. But yeah, week in and week out before this recent setback for Scherzer, you expected him to start come every Monday lineup lock. And then this happens. So yeah, you have to kind of dig deep and hope you can have guys in your roster. And you're right, Eflin could be a guy that he's going to be widely available this weekend. You know as well as I do, he'll be picked up pretty much everywhere in a 15-team league, just if it's for a buck or whatever. And then, you know, if matchups dictate the right matchup, he might uh, he might find his way in there. And we saw signs of life from Eflin. We saw mm-hmm. many more non-signs of life from Eflin. Though. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's burned us. Like, he had a yeah. big two-step week. Uh, right before and didn't even make the second start yet still got th- you know through gasoline on the fire and a relief appearance that week. And since then I, I, I've pretty much written him off, but yeah, I mean, and it's really, it really underscores how hard it has been to stream this year uh, yeah. with the, with the super Bowl era, you know, it, it's been really hard to find guys that you can slide in there. It, it makes more sense than ever to go with some of these like elite setup guys, get the ratios and get out of it. Now, <clears throat> Ryan Presley does not agree this week, but <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, but there's so many bad streamers that you're just, you're hoping to dodge raindrops here. Yeah, no, I'm hundred percent with you. I started using more and more of that philosophy. Just give me the good relievers that aren't going to completely crush me. And I'll go from there. Cause these like look at, I know we've talked about it on Twitter before and whatnot. Joe Musgrove, like what the heck <sighs> happened there? It's just so many of these guys that you want to count on. And then, it just blows up in our faces. It's it's. I think Alex Fast tweeted it out, actually. The season ERA this year is 4.53 around baseball, the highest it's <laughs> ever been. That is ridiculous, 4.53. Yeah. At the same time, strikeouts are still up, which is the crazy thing. So you can't ignore outcomes. starting pitching. Yep. Yeah, you got to have that big-time guy, but it's like, okay, well, you, yesterday, you got a guy like Trevor Bauer who's having a very tough year, but you know he's going to rack up strikeouts and go deep into a game. You have to take the trade off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, and sometimes going deep in a game is not a blessing, as the case was yesterday, where they just left him in. That was so they weird. Stop the damn fight. Yeah, that was weird. Like, he's a new member of your team, second start out there. You might want to just let the kid off the hook here, but yeah. um, that was a weird one. Let's go to the New York Mets. Jeff McNeil, this is a sad one, because I was, I was hoping he'd continue this race towards the batting crown, and he might come back sooner than later, but hamstring injuries, you really never know how it's going to heal up. They say it's like the lowest grade, not going to be too bad. It opens up some everyday playing time for a guy like Joe Panic. They called up Ruben Tejada. What's your thoughts on this whole situation at second base for the Mets? Well, you know, it, it's good that they had multiple redundancies built in at the beginning of the year that a guy like Todd Frazier is still pretty handy to have around. Uh, has had, had some big hits. You know, they tried to do the same with Jed Lowry, except he hasn't played a single inning this year. Uh, the timing is really bad with Cano out long term. Uh, but if McNeil's only out for the minimum 10 days or 12 or whatever, something of that nature, then 
it's not as harmful. But, you know, hey, we're in the stretch run here. We've got like six weeks left of baseball, and the Mets are trying to make a push, still alive in the uh, wild card race. But, you know, it's a pretty ill-timed uh, injury for sure. I mean, especially considering how important he is to that lineup and how good he's been this year. Yeah, we kind of saw it last night. They they came back for a second and then lost it. But their offense has been clicking pretty good. And I think last night was like the first or second game without McNeil, and they looked lost against Dallas Keuchel, who's made some people look lost for some weird reason. But um, it, it was just a weird, weird feel with that Mets offense. We'll see, you know, Pete Alon's already going deep tonight. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, Avisil Garcia hits the 10-day IL. People don't realize how good Avisil Garcia's been. Uh, yeah. He's been just good for, you know, most of us. He's had a couple down years, but overall he's a very good pure hitter. And it's not all bad, but as people like to say, he's been hitting over 300, and now he's hitting the IL. Pretty big loss here for the Rays. Yeah, any any chance they could bring up Nate Lowe? Any chance at oh, all? Don't get please? me started on that one. Oh my goodness! How many, shares do, that itch, how many shares do you have? How many shares? How many shares do you have that you're holding on? Just a couple, but I, I in my ale only the one it's called Amiki. It's the one that started my company, and still the same people like Peter Shanky, Herb Elk. Uh, my my two co-founders are in that league. Uh, other RotoWire guys and other really good players. I spent good chunk of my fab ale only league four by four. He was crushing it. Gets sent down for reasons and now i'm just like i'm holding him i'm waiting still but we only have three reserve spots and no il spots so it's really punitive when that something like that happens i'm just waiting i'm just kind of waiting it out hoping the storm clouds pass by hoping i don't have to wait till september 1st yeah i almost want to mute his name on twitter because every time i see him now it's him hitting like two or three home runs for the durham bulls and then realizing that g-man Choi, who's been okay i'm not going to discount it that much but just the whole situation, they can't find playing time for him. It's, it's unbelievable. It yeah, really, I texted really my is. man Jason Gray to rag on him and saying, you're killing me. He was non-responsive. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll find another tactic. There you go. Hopefully it works. I, I, if you need help with anything, just let me know because I'm hurting. But um, Cleveland Indians, they uh, call up Logan Allen to uh, start as they have some more openings in their, their rotation, continues to evolve there. Logan Allen obviously came over uh, in the trade from the Padres earlier this uh, trade deadline. He was okay with San Diego. He was not great by any means, but it's a very bad AL Central outside of um, outside of why am I blanking all of a sudden outside of the Twins. So, right. would you be interested in a team like or a player like Logan Allen the rest of the way? Well, it looks like he's going to relieve okay. uh, at least for now. So probably not. Uh, well, I, the, my problem was I watched him pitch. And <laughs> it the thing about him is he was nibbling so much. He looks so unconfident. Now, that changes over time. You get a little taste of success. You, you know, your approach changes. We see it all the time in baseball where a guy gets called up the first time and he struggles, gets, goes back down, they build him back up, and he comes back and he's a lot more productive. Hitters and pitchers alike. So that that's the normal developmental curve. But... I don't know if I want to be there for this year, but you said it though. That September schedule for Cleveland is pretty it's sweet. Nice, it's very nice. Yeah. They're also up seven one on the Yankees tonight too. Yeah, Jose uh, Ramirez yeah. grand slam. Yes, sir. Uh, so I mean, they're they're playing on another level right now, and I guess you want that run support. I just I'd be more confident if uh, they used him more in a starting role, say if they replaced Plutko. But I, I'm guessing it's more likely to go the other direction because eventually they're going to get Kluber back. Carrasco's yeah. throwing more. It's far more likely he's just going to be put, you know, pitching in a relief role and probably not even in a primary setup guy sort of role, but more of a mop up sort of role. Yep, that makes a lot of sense there. 
Um, you mentioned Carrasco, the fact that he's going to start throwing to live hitters this week. It actually, it shocks me that he's coming back. I was, I thought there was no way he was coming back this season. It's great to see. It's really good to see. How far does he have to get in his rehab process before you start grabbing all those shares off the waiver wire? And I know we're in a league together, so you don't give all your secrets away, but like eventually a talent like Carrasco is going to be huge down the stretch. Yeah, he is. He probably we're not going to see him until September. Um, yep. It might be deep into September is the only problem because at, at some point, you know, the minor leagues are going to be done. So that that's one less outlet for him to get his work true. in. Very, very true. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how that plays out. But um, let's go to St. Louis. Jose Martinez hits the IL. He was he's another guy that can't get consistent playing time. But, but the question I have for you, and I know Clay Link is very, very excited about him, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Randy Orozarena, as good as I can do it there, is coming up from AAA, super talented kid out of Cuba, very confident in his skills, and is playing really well in AAA this year. What's your thoughts on him? Because it was frustrating when they couldn't even give him everyday playing time with a DH. Yeah, he only played one of the two games against the Royals, uh, two for four in that one. You know, the thing that obviously we, everybody looks at is the stolen bases. Uh, that, you know, we, we need stolen bases from any source we can get. It's not a ton though. That's the thing. It, I, it's not like he had had like 30 stolen bases before getting the call. He'd been caught five times at triple a in 13 attempts. So I don't know what sort of green light they're going to give him. And of course, once they get Martinez back, once they get, uh, you know, Tyler O'Neill back, he might be sent back down pretty quickly. I, I just can't wait to see how he goes this weekend because we'll talk about Aquino later, but it just has that feel. People are going to be all excited now. Another yeah. young kid coming up, and they're going to spend a lot of money. Well, whoever has a lot of money is going to spend a lot of money. Um, yeah. Last and, piece, it, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Just a, one note, yeah. other note on Aquino. I mean, it's, you know, it, it just it serves as a reminder it pays to have an open mind. If a guy yep. is getting, you know, has the production at the minors, is getting a chance to play, well, you know, you might get past the pedigree issue and just take a chance and, you know, go off the opportunity there. Well, let's, let's, let's just keep talking about Aquino for a minute here. You're a, a diehard Reds fans for anybody that doesn't know that they must live under a rock, but, mm-hmm. um, and, and I've heard you talk about it. Like when you did the Reds preview this year, you weren't super high on Aquino. And that's the beautiful thing about baseball is, it's, you know, off season changes. These kids are developing still so many things can happen. And we've seen what he's done so far. We've seen hot streaks like this before. Is there something you're seeing differently or something maybe you read by paying attention to the Reds more that these changes are legit? And like, say you're in a dynasty league, is this somebody you'd look to go acquire who maybe before this year wasn't even like a watch list for you? Yeah. I mean, I I think we have to acknowledge when we're wrong. I think we have to take, try to dig into why things have changed. And in his case, he changed his stance. He's hitting the ball with more authority and you just see it. I mean, He's not hitting wall scrapers. He's hitting 425-foot bombs to the opposite direction. I mean, at one point, at what point do you have what, – what else do you need to buy in? I guess there will be adjustments. He's obviously going to have some sort of retrenchment period. Teams are going to figure out a way to attack him, and he's going to have to adjust on his own right. The question is how, how successful is he going to be doing that? Uh, and, you know, the fact that he's able to make this adjustment speaks well of him. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there. That's why it's like, and I, I like what you said there is we need to be able to, to, to you know, admit our mistakes and how we can and change yep. it. Because in the world of fantasy, you've done this way longer than I have. 
we're going to make way more mistakes than we're going to make the, the right call. That's just the crazy part about this game. I've been the first, I think I started admitting it at the end of April that I was wrong on Cody Bellinger this year. Um, I've been wrong on Javi Baez. Like certain guys I just won't buy into. I don't know why, but right. um, not enough people. You, you've seen the, uh, the victory laps. There's not enough uh, reverse, you know, caution laps out there. So, um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, the Aquino thing's very, very interesting. And, We've seen it, especially with this juice ball era, that there's our live ball or ping pong ball or whatever you want to call it. There, there's a lot more activity out there, and these kids are developing. So it'll be interesting to see how this keeps changing. takes us back almost full circle. There's so much young talent out there that it's getting pretty crazy. Uh, last piece of news here. The Blue Jays recalled Rowdy Telez. And the reason I think this is very interesting is we saw a little bit of power in the, the bigs. He only hit 228, though. That was not ideal. In the minors, he continued to crush it like he's done in recent years. Gets the call back up. And when he got called up, they said he's going to get regular playing time and basically at the expense of Justin Smoke. Now, we'll see if that actually happens all the time. But if that's the case, we know the power he can bring to the table, Jeff. Is this the guy you're looking to acquire? Yeah. I mean, I, I have had a sinkhole at first base much of the year because I have Justin Smoke. Uh, so, of course, you know, if, if the, he's going to play in lieu of him, I better do something. You know, I've I've tried a few guys there, Michael Chavis, until he got hurt this week. Uh, that that was fun, by the way, to have that happen. Like a, a, after Fab deadline, to see, oh yeah, he's hurt and he's going on the IL on a Monday. So Why that was cool. Do that to us? That's the worst. Yeah, and when I didn't even know there was an injury. Now maybe I I should have done some more digging and known that, or maybe I was falling back from Myrtle Beach and was not ever <laughs> going to know that. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I it's just it's it's frustrating. The Yankees have been doing that to us all year. Uh, with the, the dreaded Monday surprise. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is there, but yeah, it seems like Tellis is going to get a lot of run. Uh, he's 24. I mean, it's no time like the present, right? They got to find out what they have in him. He's been up and down, up and down. This is kind of a big year for him. Yeah, it's big. Cause I, I know I drafted him in a couple of leagues early and I, I wanted, and I didn't draft him early. I picked him up when he got the call and I, right. I, I was, I was a buy-in on what he was doing. I really believed in it and he had a few good games, but he couldn't put it together. So, yeah, this could be the time to get it going. That It won't hurt facing the Orioles a few times. That's for darn sure. So what? That, I was just going to say, it, you know, even against the Yankees, it's not the worst thing in the world. Quietly, the AL East is where you want to have your hitters, not just, I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, I guess, obviously, you want Yankee and Red Sox hitters, but you don't mind facing the Red Sox. Not you don't mind bad. necessarily facing the Yankees even. The only team you don't want to face is the Rays, except the Jays actually hit well against the Rays. That's true. Yeah, you, you mentioned it because I don't think people look at it enough. They see the, the logo. You look at the Yankees like tonight. When you're opening with Chad Green and then you're going to Nestor Cortez, that's not a recipe for consistent success. Um, and they have others. Tanaka's been bad. CeCe's coming back. He hasn't been great. You're right. And then they look at the Red Sox. That's a whole other slew of problems there. Somehow Andrew Kashner picked up a shave. That's uh, yeah, that's a nightmare. Don't tell kids that story. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting in the East. You're very very right there that how the tides have turned in that division. Yep. All right, Matt Boyd. I want to talk about Matt Boyd here, Jeff, because I've actually heard at a few places recently I've mentioned if you can't afford the ratios anymore, it's time to drop Matt Boyd, which I don't argue with. It's just very surprising because it's hard to find a guy with a K upside as Boyd. But in eight of his last eleven starts, it's been at least four earned runs. He's given up at least one home run in nine of the 11 starts. It's been rough, Jeff, like really, really rough. What are you doing if you're a Matt Boyd owner? 
Yeah, it's funny that one of the two leagues where I have Boyd is a four by four league. So I'm not even getting the benefit of the case. I I mean, it's not like we're getting them for the wins. Uh, If, you know, so if you don't need the K's and what, yeah, I think the answer is like, how badly do you need the K's? If you really need the K's and of course you're going to just keep rolling with them. Although last two starts four K's and one K in his last two starts against Kansas city and Seattle, no less. It's not like he's facing the Red Sox there. Uh, Yeah. It might be time. It might've been a really good time for the Tigers to trade him uh, before the deadline too. Yeah, that would have been amazing. I remember James Anderson put together the package one day. We were talking about it on Twitter. I was like, oh, man, if, if they could pull that deal, that's how you make the Tigers a lot closer to being competitive than they are now, and uh, apparently they couldn't make that one. I, apparently they were very difficult to deal with, is apparently the line now. There's a lot of self-interest in some of these reports, you know, with people explaining why they didn't get Matt Boyd. But, you know, if if it really was super punitive, if it really was, you know, prohibitive like Kyle Tucker plus for the with the Astros for instance then yeah uh then that that's on the Tigers for not maxing him out now I understand there was no urgency in terms of contract but there might have been in terms of what sort of level of performance he was at yeah that's true it's like you look at what the the Diamondbacks got for Zach Granke it's how could the the Tigers not realize that was a a pretty good deal just because Kyle Tucker wasn't there, that seemed like a and that seems like a deal that you would at least imagine might have been on the table. We don't know, but it could right, especially because he's cheaper. Yeah, longer he's with the team longer. Yeah, although I, I think you know what's he in year four of control. Um, yeah, it, yeah, I think they we'll have a see. couple years. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. How do we know we weren't there? But it seems like yeah, because all reports were Kyle Tucker plus. Well, if you can't get Kyle Tucker, why don't you get these other three guys? Seems like yeah. a good idea. <laughs> but uh, Tiger's Tiger. Um, go to the Washington Nationals here. Joe Ross, a guy that has had many hiccups along the way. People have, you know, they've liked his stuff. It's just never computed consistently. Well, he's made five starts uh, since uh, July 21st since his recall with the Nats. And um, you look at four of the five, three earned runs or less. His last three, one earned, zero earned, zero earned. Uh, pretty good stuff from Joe Ross of late. You know, we talked about Zach Eflin. We talked about some nasty names. What's Joe Ross do for you? I have him in the Strat League, and you know it cost me nothing to keep him this year because he didn't have the innings. So I just kind of – it was a wait year for him. I'm encouraged, but, I mean, I need to see a lot more. I need to see him get through a, a longer stretch. Uh, you know, AAA numbers weren't anything special this year. His overall numbers this year are still pretty hideous. Just these last three starts have been promising. Ha- kind of have a history with him, though. I mean, he made that debut back in 2015. He looked pretty decent. 2016 wasn't great, 130 whip, but still there were other signs that suggested he still might be pretty good. We've kind of had to wait out quite a bit with him. Um, you know, I don't know even if he's got the job security this year when Max returns. I mean, they kind of have to debate between Fetty and Ross. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, he, it, it hasn't been guaranteed in the past. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Like you said, nothing's guaranteed there. Fetty somehow keeps that spot in the rotation running uh, and then, gets the job done. It's not fancy. I think Ross might have the K upside, but Fetty's getting it done as well. So they have options there. And as long as Max is out, I guess you keep throwing them out there. Strasburg's been a little rough the last couple of go rounds too. So hopefully nothing's creaking in those arms, but um, right. we'll wait, we'll wait and see there. Cause he does not look nearly as dominating as he was earlier in the year. That's right. Um, let's go to Chris Bassett. This is an interesting name to me because I remember at the start of the season, 
Everyone was in love with him. He was dominating, doing great things. Then he kind of disappeared on the, the talk of the fantasy radar. And lately he's been dominating again, but you pull up his game logs. He's a quality start machine. Uh, if he got six innings, he doesn't get six innings as often as he should, but the last, you know, five, six starts, no more than uh, two earned runs in five of those six. There's a lot to like here with Bassett, especially pitching at home in Oco Coliseum. If he's out there, are you going and uh, grabbing him? Yeah. In fact, I just did, you know, in two leagues. Uh, and yeah, the thing is, it's all about the curveball. If he's got that going on, then good things happen. He's going to give up a decent chunk of homers, uh, he, but he doesn't, you know, he's not going to blow hitters away. It's just he's going to kind of be crafty around them there. Kind of worry about him being susceptible to a blow up every once in a while, not being able to go deep into games. But it's been a good recent run. You're right about that. Uh, and he gets a good ballpark to pitch in. Great defense on on the third base shortstop side. We won't talk about jerks in Profar. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, it, he's in a pretty good setup right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like there. For crying out loud, they signed Matt Harvey, so don't let him take your job. But um, minor league deal, thank goodness. But can you imagine Matt Harvey pitching in Vegas, just living in Vegas in general? That just seems like a horrible idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of rooting for him to do well because I liked him with the Reds. He had the good attitude, and yep. it wasn't great for them, but he did some good things. Uh, I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, I think J-Ram just homered again, by the way. Oh yes, goodness. he did. Uh, summer of J-Ram continues, as Scott Chenstead might say. But yes, um, let's, have, let's have fun with that real quick. If you had to draft now, because we saw the horrible start where he's going now, yeah. obviously a ton can change. Is he back on that you know, early radar or is at least second round for you? You know, the funny thing is I didn't have him this year because of the tweet heard around the world from Clay Link. Uh, <laughs> yep. But I, I, I have exactly zero shares of him this year in non-keeper leagues. The only place I have him is a score, a score sheet keeper league. Eh, I mean, he, what's this now? 19 homers? Uh, 24 bags. He's going to get over, you know, last year he only hit 270. Keep in mind too, after two consecutive 300 plus years, uh, he's creeping back up there. I mean, if, if the summer, if this run continues into September, I might be looking at the end of the first round again. That's what I'm wondering. And that's what I'm kind of thinking. There's so many people that just like wrote him off earlier and he's putting this run together. He might finish 25, 25 approaching some thirties in one of those categories or both. And that's all that you got to really wrap your head around that all of a sudden and think about, you know, maybe there was just something wrong and he, he made a tweak and he, there he is. He's back to the summer of Jose Ramirez. So uh, again, another one of those names that'll be fun to see where they come, come draft day. Yeah. Uh, didn't he, uh, you know, he was gone for a couple of days on paternity leave and I almost feel like there is a correlation to his, his crushing it after coming back. Like, was he worried about the uh, pregnancy? Was that something that was his mind? We, little soft factors like that. He, he, you know, he went on the paternity list on June 28th, uh, missed two games. Pull up his uh, and since then, um, and granted, this is super selective endpoints, not including tonight. Uh, you know, it, it's been quite the run for him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, hit dumber th- you know, dumber reasons have been you know suggested for this. So, well, it, it's a it's a valid reason, Jeff, because what we don't think about because we're just analyzing numbers and all this kind of stuff is these guys are humans; they have lives. Like, there's a lot going on that outside of the baseball diamond that can affect right. how they play baseball, and we don't. It's none of our business, so we don't take pay attention to it. 
but those are big factors to some of these guys. Like look at you know guys like Stephen Piscotty, that final year in St. Louis. Yeah, of course. That's huge. And I didn't know about it until almost the end. And like I don't know who else did, but little things like that or big things like that, like that's massive parts of the game we don't know about. Yeah, 12 of his uh, – well, now 14 of his 19 homers have been since he returned from that. Who knows? I mean, it, it's just something to throw out there. Uh, we don't know, and we'll yeah. never – here's the thing. we Emotional factors, they're always ex post facto. It's always like, oh, he's going through a divorce. That's why it's terrible. Oh, it's a free agent year. That's why it was great, or that's why it was terrible. And, and, you know, we, don't, we, we proclaim this, and even the players themselves may proclaim it. It doesn't – it might be coincidental. It might be correlative. It might be causative. We don't know for sure. No, that's a hundred percent correct. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's all part of the deal. So it'd be interesting to see how that, that plays out. And if anything comes out of it with Jose, because it is kind of a, uh, quite the splits there when you, when you break it all down. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Toronto Blue Jays for a couple of players. We'll start with Randall Gritchick, who coming into the season, I was really big on for a power standpoint, not realizing everyone would have power this year. But he's really he's really turned it on consistently of late in the last couple of weeks, hitting three thirty three, five home runs, ten total extra base hits. Middle of that Jays order that's a lot of fun now with the young trio of Biggio, Vladito, yep. and Bochette. So, what's your thoughts on the guy like Gritchick, who still might be available in a handful of leagues? Is this almost mirrors last year? Yep. And where he turned it on second half, and you know after we kind of gave up on him, you know returns from the dead and, and crushes for a while. Him and Teoscar Hernandez both are kind of in that mode. Maybe it's kind of contagious too. You look at you look and see uh, what all these young guys are doing. Everybody's enthusiastic. Everybody's happy to be hitting. You know, they're finally getting all the play. All these young guys are playing well. Maybe that helps. Maybe it's another soft factor. Yeah, definitely could be. Uh, it's a lot of fun with those teams. Those that play daily, they're a fun, fun location to uh, to look at every day. Um, last guy I wanted to bring up to you because he is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball and not really getting a lot of talk. And I've been, I've asked a lot of people about this on recent shows, just cause I want to get feelers out there just if I'm completely crazy or what it is, but Kyle Seager, when you really break down what he's been doing since July 22nd, he's hitting 373 with a 503 Woba, eight home runs. He had three home runs given two days ago. But just average-wise, scoring runs, he's getting it done quite well. And we know he's been hurt a lot. What's your thoughts on Kyle Seager? Yeah, it's funny. After that three-homer game, I saw a note uh, saying that, well, he was de- even when he was back, he was still dealing with the hand. Uh, that, that, that might be true. Uh, but if you go back in June, he, he had a, couple, a stretch against the Angels where he just crushed too. So, I mean, it seems kind of... I don't know, a little off to completely blame it on that. The, those, the early struggles on that, you know, at the end of the day, he's still hitting 238. So, let, you know, I, I know the uh, recent stretch is really nice. He's got a long way to go before he, he's he's back to like the form that we saw maybe back in 2016. He really kind of dropped off the table for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, last year was a really lost year, for instance. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I think this is more of a hot stretch than a return to value. Okay, good to know. Last question I have for you, then we'll send you on your way. We've we've mentioned, or I've mentioned, next year's drafts quite a bit, just for fun. If you have the big four right now in Trout, Acuna, Yellick, and Bellinger, how would you approach those four? 
Uh, I'd be happy to draft third or fourth, but <laughs> failing that, uh, I go Acuna Trout one two. Yes. And talk to me tomorrow. I might go Trout Acuna. I, yeah. I I I don't really have a strong position on that debate, but I think those are pretty clear. That clearly the top two. Uh, I think Betts is in the conversation at three though. Uh, okay. even though the batting average isn't there this year, he's still scoring a billion runs. Um. Still capable of putting together monster numbers. Might have a big contract year coming up. Uh, Yelich is clearly there too. Uh, even Lindor would be part of that conversation also. But uh, I think those are, as we were saying on the pod on uh, Tuesday with Tim Heaney, um, that's a pretty solid six. Yes. Uh, and, I, and which and and it's absolutely Acuna and Trout are the top two. Yeah, and I, I like the discussion with Acuna and Trout because Eileen Acuna as well, the stolen base is just so huge in a yep. year where, where we've seen him just continue. Like year after year, it just drops, and this year's drop is, seems to be dramatic. And with the increase in home runs, it just kind of really weights it out. I can't remember who tweeted it out. They did, like, on average, one home run or uh, or no, one stolen base equates like 4.6 home runs or something. If yeah, I saw that, that tweet too. Um, and it, it really sinks yeah. in. I can't remember who did it. I apologize to whoever. Was it Rob Silver? It might have. It sounds like something Rob would tweet. So it definitely could have been Rob. Um, it, it was really makes you think about it when it, when it sinks into you. That, that the other thing it, to think about too is there could be another, just a total cliff drop in stolen bases for Trout too. Um, he has gotten hurt multiple times stealing, sliding. Uh, not only that, he's at that age where Cliff can happen. You look at Paul Goldschmidt as a little bit of a guide. He goes 32, 18, 7, 1 this year. He just doesn't run anymore. Now, he's a first baseman, not a center fielder, so it's a little bit different. But it's not the first time we've seen that at, at, at that age, especially. Yeah, no, it's a very valid point. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes because you mentioned age. Acuna is still so, so young. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun to see there. But, Jeff? This has been an absolute pleasure. Before we call it a day, why don't you let everybody know what cool stuff you guys have coming up at RotoWire? Sure. Uh, James Anderson just posted a, a September uh, call, uh, stash article. I think it'll be really helpful for getting you ready for those September call-ups. Of course, we've got uh, all our bread and butter our breaking news. Uh, we'll talk about some 2020 material coming up soon, too, on the site. You guys can check it all out. Free 10-day trials, rotowire.com slash free. Of course, uh, we've got the uh, RotoWire podcast up every day. Um, you know, you can follow me up, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend you guys. I've, I've told, I've said it every time I've had a Roadwire guest on, I've been a member of Roadwire since over a decade now. The awesome. Content, Thank you. The content is always great there. I don't pay for a lot of stuff, but I tell people flat out it's worth every, every bit. So, um, go check it out, go get the free trial. You won't regret it one bit, but Jeff, like I said earlier, thanks for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having right. me on. It was a lot of fun. Definitely. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 202, talking fantasy baseball with Jeff Erickson of Rotowire. Catch you guys later. 